welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wayne Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for everyone everywhere, all over the world. And let our prayers go out to all of our brothers and sisters caught up in the false fires of darkness. Despite the negative appearances and conditions in the world, and as much as we hope and continuously pray, with sometimes seemingly no relief, still we must know that peace will not come in this world until we find peace within ourselves. Remember, we are dealing with centuries-old accumulation of negative thoughts, actions, and conditioning. However, it is up to each and every individual to renew his or her own way of thinking and being, understanding that our energy, though individual, influences the collective. Notice the recent instigator. The reality is, though, all creation, constructive or destructive, begins with an individual thought. And until the hearts and minds of mankind are renewed, learning to love all and replacing negative thinking with those higher qualities of thought which influences our actions, then the shifting of mankind and Mother Earth will seem long and unpleasant. Whatever may come though, let us remain loving and keep the faith in our mighty I Am Presence. Cause however it comes, we gotta bear. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life. And y'all be loved. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified, What is mankind that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels, you crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters, in the assembly I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. 
And again he says, Here am I, and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hebrews 2 Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house. And we are His house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence in the hope in which we glory. Hebrews 3 1-6 Isis Unveiled Chapter 15 Is it not, to say the least, very extraordinary to find in America a city called by a name which contains a purely local element, foreign moreover to every other country, in the alleged fiction of a philosopher of 400 years BC? The same may be said of the name of America, which may one day be found more closely related to Meru, the sacred mountain in the center of the seven continents, according to the Hindu tradition, then to Americus Vespucius, whose name by the by, was never Americus at all, but Albericus, a trifling difference not deemed worth mentioning till very lately by exact history. We adduce the following reasons in favor of our argument. First, Amarique, Amarique or Amarique is the name in Nicaragua for the high land or mountain range that lies between Huigalpa and Libertad, in the province of Chantales, and which reaches on the one side into the country of the Carcass Indians, and on the other side into the country of the Ramas Indians. Ik or Ik, as a terminal, means great, as Cacique, etc. Columbus mentions, in his fourth voyage, the village Kariai, probably Saisai. The people abounded with sorcerers, or medicine men, and this was the region of the Amarik range, 3,000 feet high. Yet he omits to mention this word. The name America Provincia, first appeared on a map published at Baal in 1522. Till that time, the region was believed to be a part of India. That year Nicaragua was conquered by Gil González de Avida. Second, the Northmen who visited the continent in the 10th century, a low-level coast thickly covered with wood, called it Markland, from Mark, a wood. The R had a rolling sound as in Merrick. A similar word is found in the country of the Himalayas, and the name of the world mountain, Meru, is pronounced in some dialects as Merwa, the letter H being strongly aspirated. The main idea is, however, to show how two peoples could possibly accept a word of similar sound, each having used it in their own sense, and finding it applied to the same territory. It is most plausible, says Professor Wilder, that the state of Central America, where we find the name Amarik signifying, like the Hindu Meru we may add, Great Mountain, gave the continent its name. 
Vespucius would have used his surname if he had designed to give a title to a continent. If the Abbe de Bourbourg's theory of Atlan as the source of Atlas and Atlantic is verified, the two hypotheses could agree most charmingly. As Plato was not the only writer that treated of a world beyond the pillars of Hercules, and as the ocean is still shallow and grows seaweed all through the tropical part of the Atlantic, it is not wild to imagine that this continent projected, or that there was an island world on that coast. The Pacific also shows signs of having been a populous island empire, of Malays or Javanese, if not a continent amid the north and south. We know that Lemuria in the Indian Ocean is a dream of scientists, and that the Sahara and the Middle Belt of Asia were perhaps once seabeds. H.P. Blavatsky To continue the tradition, we have to add that the class of Hierophants was divided into two distinct categories, those who were instructed by the sons of God, of the island, and who were initiated in the divine doctrine of pure revelation, and others who inhabited the lost Atlantis, if such must be its name, and who, being of another race, were born with a sight which embraced all hidden things, and was independent of both distance and material obstacle. In short, they were the force race of men mentioned in the Popol Vuh, whose sight was unlimited and who knew all things at once. They were, perhaps, what we would now term natural-born mediums, who neither struggled nor suffered to obtain their knowledge, nor did they acquire it at the price any sacrifice. Therefore, while the former walked in the path of their divine instructors, and acquiring their knowledge by degrees, learned at the same time to discern the evil from the good, the born adepts of the Atlantis blindly followed the insinuations of the great and invisible dragon, the king the Vedat, the serpent of Genesis? The Vedat had neither learned nor acquired knowledge, but, to borrow an expression of Dr. Wilder in relation to the tempting serpent, he was a sort of Socrates who knew without being initiated. Thus, under the evil insinuations of their demon, the Vedat, the Atlantis race became a nation of wicked magicians. In consequence of this, war was declared, the story of which would be too long to narrate. Its substance may be found in the disfigured allegories of the race of Cain, the giants, and that of Noah and his righteous family. The conflict came to an end by the submersion of the Atlantis, which finds its imitation in the stories of the Babylonian and Mosaic flood, the giants and magicians, and all flesh died, and every man. All except Shuthras and Noah, who are substantially identical with the great father of the Plinkithians, in the Popol Vuh, or the sacred book of the Guatemalians, which also tells of his escaping in a large boat, like the Hindu Noah, Vaiswasvata. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 15 Now remember this, and please remind yourselves often, when you call for a thing, you are responding and giving obedience to the conscious command of life, and the conscious instruction that has been given to mankind through the centuries, call unto me and I will answer thee. You have called, my loved ones, and the answer is as sure to manifest as that the sun exists in the heavens. Thank you tonight. This is my own personal gratitude to you, because it enables us to again increase the outpouring of the cosmic light substance, which must come if mankind are to have help. Stand your ground. Be adamant, but you draw the white fire of the cosmic light into the atmosphere of Earth, or make the call for it until it becomes physically visible to all. And there are ways and means of making mankind understand when they become so hard that they won't listen to reason. And that's what is needed at the moment. 
Were you to see as we do, the magnificent light in many life streams of the younger generation, and all of that delayed or shut off because they drive them to drink and depravity in a few years, oh dear ones, it's tragic beyond expression. And I am determined, just as determined, to dissolve that stuff from the universe that has so depraved mankind, as I was to remove the black magicians. And thanks to you, it has been done. Applause. Thank you precious ones. And while you are standing, may I ask you to send forth your call, and demand that the cosmic Christ legions of cosmic blue flames sweep into the lower atmosphere of earth and take their cosmic toll in the beast of the world. Use those words. And when I speak of that beast, it is not only the war beast, but it's all its claws. But if you ask for those cosmic Christ legions of cosmic blue flame to sweep everywhere in the lower physical atmosphere of earth, and take their cosmic toll in the beast of the world, the liquor and dope beast and other channels shall die, as they should. Applause. Thank you precious ones. I want to reveal to you that the third one who went to the great central sun with the beloved goddess of liberty and myself, was the great cosmic angel on whose crown blazes the word union. Applause. Beloved ones, I'm revealing to you tonight certain inner actions of the law concerning your nation. The goddess of liberty and the cosmic angel with myself, have taken the responsibility of removing the liquor beast and those destructive cravings from the emotional bodies of this nation, and that's not a light task. Applause. Thank you beloved ones. When you realize the creations and the emotional bodies of the people who are caught in that beast's destructive activity, the beast of war and all its claws, those creations are frightful to behold. But I tell you that when the legions, the cosmic Christ legions of cosmic Christ blue flame approach those beasts, their terror is worse, and they are to face that by my command. Applause. Thank you. Their torture, their depravity, and their destruction has been frightful and inexcusable, and they must be annihilated from the universe. And I shall appreciate, as well as the beloved goddess of justice, and this mighty cosmic angel who came to Washington, we shall appreciate every ounce of energy you give, every call you make, until that condition is removed from the universe, and its record blasted from life. It must be done. There is no hope for mankind's freedom until those frightful things are withdrawn and placed in the violet blue flame, where they cannot exist longer. Therefore my gratitude to you is boundless. And may I say to you, the hour when those things are removed, and the mankind of earth feels the release from those frightful torturing cravings, will your gratitude and your love know what it means to stand to the light and carry it high, until those in the darkness are drawn back home into the heart of that which is eternal happiness. And when you see those life streams one by one coming back to the condition in which is their divine birthright, you will know as we do that it's worth every effort you would ever make to compel those forces into annihilation. And you will be grateful with all you are and have, for the way and means that the mighty Saint Germain has given you by which you could force the beast to take its claws off of life and to compel its annihilation. Then you will know the secret and the power of mastery. Then will you feel it is worth every effort you ever made to compel that thing to cease its torture of God's life. Great has been mankind's defiance of the requirements of the cosmic law but great shall be your joy and mine when by God's almighty cosmic light, so dazzling, they dare not look into it, when it comes and becomes the atmosphere of earth, entering into all, and you see those forces cease to exist, will you know what gratitude to your I am present, and to the mighty Saint Germain and the ascended host means. When you see your loved ones arise in the God light and beauty and perfection of that I am presence, and go forward in constructive, beautiful accomplishment, your hearts will know a gratitude that nothing else could ever explain. Won't you be seated please? Beloved Goddess of Light
Now I must not keep you longer tonight, but I just wanted you to have the encouragement and the gratitude of our hearts for opening the door by which we may use more light to dissolve these frightful things that have caused such distress to life. May I say to you when these things are removed, will you also see disease and insanity removed with them? So, while the task is great, the reward is greater. The happiness that will be yours is immortal, and that is well worth every effort you make to set life free. You are this far in the light. Now with the powers that are yours and your calls to us, you may draw others, and others and others to this same place, where they too, will turn and join us in the great work of cleansing the earth. The legions of light and love and wisdom and power are your friends to the end of that accomplishment. May you feel the power of that cosmic light, and may the mighty angel on whose crown blazes the word union, in that authority of cosmic light which is his, and he whose task it is to issue that fiat, may he come quickly, visible to all and issue the command for that intensity of the cosmic light that shuts off war from earth forever. Applause. Beloved ones, remember her words to Washington, the being who came to him, goddess of liberty, and remember the words of the great cosmic angel on whose crown blazoned the word union, when he placed the standard and said, so long as the stars remain and the heavens send down dew, so long shall the union last. And the people kneeling down, will say I am, and will give that mighty presence the credit that is their freedom. Unto that care of that mighty presence do I commend you tonight. He, the cosmic angel on whose crown blazes the word union, and to she the one who gave Washington the vision, may their outpouring to your nation tonight move into outer action the manifestations to which all bow, including us, for when that light comes, we all are grateful with love that is immortal. May it become your mantle of protection, your scepter of power, your pathway to freedom, and your immortal victory without limit, and its cosmic authority ever yours to use with full power. Thank you and good night. Beloved Goddess of Light